everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra. All right. My guest today is Dr. Muhammad Taki and he's back again to talk about, once again, Pakistan. So seven months ago, Dr. Taki had come on the podcast and uh, we had tried to make sense out of the chaos in Pakistan. Seven months down the line, Dr. Taki is back on the podcast and I am not able to understand things again in Pakistan. So first of all, Dr. Saab, podcast for coming to the podcast. So Dr. Taki, let's start with this. Okay. So when we had recorded it last time, I think it was a couple of days before Imran Khan, uh, who was who is now the former <coughs> Prime Minister of Pakistan, his government was going to fall. And uh, so maybe we can start from there. So, okay, the no confidence motion was set through. The Supreme Court uh, did what it did. And then obviously the votes were in and uh, uh, Mr. Khan's government was obviously had fallen. And since then, uh, Shabazz Sharif and uh, is has become the new prime minister of Pakistan. And now there is a new series of events. But rather than me talking about it, I just want to hand it over to you. Please unpack what's happening over there. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I guess uh, what is happening is that we have uh, descended uh, into further chaos uh, since April. Um, and, and I suppose if we meet again in about six, seven months, we uh, might be <laughs> going down the rabbit hole <laughs> still uh, more. Uh, what has transpired is that <clears throat> uh, Army wanted to get rid of uh, Imran Khan, uh, their chosen boy. Uh, that they had installed with much fanfare as a so-called hybrid regime. And the plan was that uh, they would install him, um, <clears throat> fix the economy, and uh, from there on, they'll live happily ever after, at least for 10 years. That was the Imran Khan project. Uh, and <clears throat> it was tied to General uh, Kamar Javed Bajwa's Bajwa doctrine, in which he wanted to have some manner of a uh, geoeconomic uh, uh, <clears throat> relationship with the neighbors and so on and so forth. Uh, what transpired actually was that uh, it, it was basically a marriage of convenience. They, uh, uh, the army has been at the Imran Khan project for almost uh, uh, over a decade now. They, they formally launched him uh, in October 2011, but he has always been their boy. Uh, and, and in the process, uh, Army and Imran have uh, convinced each other that uh, they are great for each other and together they can deliver. And all these uh, fussy uh, uh, traditional politicians like the Zardaris and Bhuttos and uh, Sharifs and uh, Wali Khans and um, various other players, they are corrupt, they are uh, uh, no good and only a, a, a lean, clean, mean uh, type of politician can run the show. Uh, but when the rubber uh, uh, met the road, uh, the fact was that Imran Khan is an inept uh, man uh, as a uh, as a <clears throat> person who was practically handed the government on a platter. He could not run the show. His team was poor, and it was essentially the same chips of the old establishment block uh, that the establishment uh, military establishment had put together for him. So that uh, was a was a non-starter. But when st- uh, it started to hit the fan. Uh, and eventually it boiled down to a point where uh, the army uh, have said that uh, their own salaries uh, might not be paid after three or four weeks. Uh, that's uh, when they started getting flagged from the street as well that, well, you brought him and it's your responsibility. And the traditional politicians quite uh, uh, <clears throat> suavely uh, challenged the army at their own turf. 
that's what really brought about that uh, Imran government collapse. After that, uh, the army's recalibrated expectation was that uh, the coalition government would either be able to turn uh, the economy around fairly quickly, uh, and they also sort of wish that Imran will go away. And many uh, analyst pundits, uh, including myself, were of the view that Imran might not be able to uh, stage a comeback uh, unless there is uh, significant support from the army. And I think that's where the army uh, and the pundits both miscalculated. That this Im project Imran Khan, uh, which was uh, sold in Pakistan's middle classes uh, around the country, uh, urban phenomenon, uh, the, the, its biggest and, and most ardent buyers were within the army. Uh, the um, army um, officer class is essentially a middle class tied by common economic interests. And uh, they took this whole thing uh, hook, line, and sinker. And uh, there was a, a tremendous uh, <clears throat> support for Imran uh, within the army. To the extent that General, General Bajwa was forced to hold these uh, small kacheris uh, and, and courts within the army, informal meetings, and some formal ones where he was trying to explain uh, 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 to the officers uh, why the army had to abandon the Imran Khan project and uh, what was the rationale for it. But he uh, apparently was not that convincing. Uh, and then also within the uh, top brass, uh, there, there have been Imran Khan supporters. Uh, and Bajwa being in his second uh, <clears throat> term uh, was almost a lame duck uh, army chief. Now, uh, that's sort of a, uh, a misnomer, a lame duck army chief. The chief is chief till the last minute of his uh, uh, tenure. But uh, Bajwa um, and Imran, uh, since they had hobnobbed uh, hobnob together, they had uh, a lot of dirt on each other. They have uh, been in this together. And Imran was not shy to openly first to innuendo, uh, challenge the army, calling them neutrals, then smearing them as uh, traitors by calling them Mir Jafar, Mir Sadiq, go back to the, uh, uh, to the generals from <clears throat> Bengal and, and uh, Mesur, uh, who sided with the uh, colonial British and East India uh, Company. Uh, I mean, that, that was uh, quite a remarkable move. And now the army was being challenged on its own turf. Um, and Imran had a groundswell of support not really on the street, but in the social media and in the chattering classes and the urban middle classes, his support was there. On top of that, he consolidated it through some electoral victories as well. So now you had an Imran Khan phenomenon, which was challenged the, challenging the army, but only to the extent that a populist or a neo-fascist would do. That, well, uh, it, it's not about recalibrating the civil-military relationship, but it is, it is a, a gripe uh, of a... Of a estranged lover that, uh, why have you abandoned me for someone else? Uh, I want you to uh, reconcile, uh, let's make up and get back together. And in this whole process, Bajwa is the bad guy. Uh, and, 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 and what I call the traditionalists within the army versus the adventurous, Imran wanted the adventurous to install him back. And to that extent, he even tried to push the buttons where uh, some of his uh, lieutenants were uh, civilian lieutenants were calling for uh, the army to not obey uh, the orders and so on. So this was uh, really uncharted territory in, in terms of where Pakistan army has uh, experienced uh, challenges from. Uh, colonel's coup and brigadier's coup are, are not quite the thing in the Pakistan army. There have been a few instances in the past, but in distant past, 
where the army brass threatened enough uh, <clears throat> that it had to take action. So that's uh, uh, what has evolved over the last several months. And Imran took to the streets, uh, um, starting uh, his long march. It never really got traction. The main traction that he has received uh, is in the media narratives. And he has uh, used the social uh, media as a, as a force multiplier quite uh, uh, remarkably. Uh, and trolling the army to the extent that uh, they had to come out and actually hold a joint uh, press conference by a, a director general uh, of the ISI and director general of the Inter-Services Public Relations, the two generals, unprecedented move. Uh, and despite that, uh, they just could not touch the man. I mean, uh, an ordinary politician, uh, um, let's say from uh, what is considered uh, periphery in Pakistan, uh, say a Baloch, Pashtun or a Sindhi, uh, would have been um, hung high by now. Um, even today, there is one Pashtun politician, uh, parliamentarian, uh, Ali Wazir, who's uh, uh, toiling, laboring behind the bars for the last 18 months. He has been cleared in every F FIR lodged against him. But even today, uh, after the court releases him, they charge him with another and put him away. So it's not that the army became neutral. It only became uh, uh, apprehensive uh, where it was being challenged within its own ranks, within the Punjab province by a Punjabi man, uh, a Punjabi politician. So uh, that's what has transpired. Then uh, over a period of time, uh, other events sort of uh, bolstered uh, Imran's position. Um, there was a journalist, Asha Sharif, who was killed and Imran uh, capitalized on that. And he uh, sort of uh, pinned that uh, on the brass, naming a, a director general uh, <clears throat> of the ISI's internal wing, DGC, uh, um, by name. Uh, then Imran, uh, there was an attack on Imran's uh, <clears throat> uh, Jalsa Jalus, uh, in which he, he got uh, injured, one person died. Uh, he pinned that on the uh, DGC. So th these are really uh, unusual times that we are living in. Uh, on top of that, uh, 29th of November is when the uh, baton has to be passed on uh, by the army chief. Uh, so that remains in the play. Imran uh, uh, has his favorites, and he also has his uh, 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 <clears throat> uh, sort of villains in the in the brass who are uh, the senior most general is General Asim uh, Asim Munir, uh, uh, who is uh, uh, supposedly the person who, as a, a DGC, had confronted Imran about uh, corruption uh, from within Imran's uh, own own household. And Imran uh, does not like him at all. So uh, this is all in the play. Um, he tried to uh, convince Bajwa and the others to uh, get rid of uh, Shabash Sharif government, call for snap polls, new elections. Uh, and that has not materialized uh, on the other side, even though the uh, uh, civilian dispensation led by Shabash Sharif has been lacking in a counter narrative. But uh, uh, the, the patriarch, uh, Mia Nawaz Sharif, sitting in London, he has dug in and he told his brother not to dissolve the assembly. First, he wanted the brother not to take the government because it was a hot potato. Nobody wanted to handle the economy itself. Then uh, he told the brother to dissolve the government because it was uh, way too problematic to handle. But after Imran built the pressure, uh, uh, Nawaz Sharif's position has been that now that we are in it, uh, we'll see it through. Uh, let's stick to it. Army can't do a thing. Imran can't do a thing. Uh, let's tear them down. So that's kind of where we stand on the eve of uh, the transition uh, in the Pakistan army. So if I was to understand this summary, by the way, it's a wonderful summary and thank you very much. But So this seems like a war of narratives, if I was to understand it uh, correctly, Dr. Taki? So, yes. Uh, 
you know, the, the, the fundamental issues have been lost in, in, in these uh, narratives. Uh, Pakistan went through uh, this incredibly biblical uh, proportion uh, floods. After that, uh, we, we continue to have human rights problems. We continue to have issues uh, about civilian rights. And uh, there's, a, there's a movie being banned uh, in Pakistan at the moment. So all these issues were put aside where uh, three sides were playing, the uh, sitting government, uh, the army, and Imran Khan. And Imran Khan's narrative is, well, I'm the only person who needs to uh, be in the government, who has to be in the government, and uh, army has to bring me back. So this is where it is being fought. It is really not even a street battle, but yes, at electoral level, like, like I alluded, Imran contested eight seats, uh, one seven, which... Uh, 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 boosted his his uh, uh, morale and and uh, you know standing, so uh, it is not really a, a, a traditional political struggle of sorts where where a political party or a movement comes out mobilizes the street on issues of economy uh, you know other other things. It is basically uh, a, a power play in which uh, the army's own chosen boy has uh, gone rogue in a sense but only so rogue that he targets uh, a few generals, not the army's traditional role uh, in Pakistan's uh, politics, which uh, which is very much uh, still there. Like I said, they, they just put away uh, a Pashtun MNA um, on a flimsy FIR. So it's not that the army became apolitical, a it's, it's just uh, uh, calibrating its moves. So what I find very interesting is, um, I mean, I don't know... Uh, uh, Mr. Imran Khan has been on a few Western media channels talking about this. So let's focus on this assassination attempt that Mr. Sure. Khan claims that uh, has happened on him and where uh, I think one person unfortunately also died in in, in, in the attempt. And uh, if I understand correctly, Mr. Khan was shot in the leg or his leg got injured in the entire yes. process. <clears throat> now, now he's gone there and he said, I have said this three months ago. They're going to raise the blasphemy charge against me, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, the the name of the the lady who was interviewing him, if I remember correctly, was Becky. If I remember, it was Becky who was interviewing him, and and uh, he said, "I had given names. I'm going to give three names, three names." Like, so I I'm not able to understand half the things Mr. Khan says. To be very honest, it's it's very confusing. He speaks in riddles, and half of the time it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. Then then he says something, and then it. Then, uh, from what I understand, is like uh, there was uh, there was uh, this uh, press conference that was also done uh, on uh, on the side uh, where uh, uh, like uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, the armed forces on behalf of the armed forces and the ISI. Also, there was uh, yes, yes that, th those were the that, two generals that I talked about. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it was General Babar Iftikhar, right? Uh, Babar Iftikhar. Iftikhar and, yes. And DJ and, Nadim Anjum, if I if I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, so DJ DJISI himself. DJISI, yeah. So so they did this thing, and and like so, what do you make of this entire assassination attempt on Imran Khan itself? Like, yeah, it is he says that they're gonna drum up fake blasphemy charges against me, and they're gonna assassinate me. Now he never says who's the day. Like, who is this day? He keeps talking about. So I, I don't think that Imran is actually looking uh, for a person to pin this blame on. Uh, he, this is the strategic ambiguity uh, that he's capitalizing on. He doesn't really want a, uh, an actual investigation or, excuse me, a, a conclusion to this uh, assassination investigation and people to be found. It just 
helps uh, his his narrative that now that he's uh, uh, in his assumption the underdog uh, the big bullies are out to get him uh, and they wouldn't even stop uh, <clears throat> at, at anything and they would try to even assassinate him now uh, mind you and, and and the listeners that imran is uh, one of the uh, uh, most notorious politicians who have used religion in pakistan uh, um, for 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 decades i mean he's probably the worst i mean the state of medina to throw back to the prophet's names uh, actually the october uh, 2011 jalsa that i'm referring to when he was formally launched launched uh, he actually uh, was was praying on the stage i mean you know if you have to pray you could very easily take a break you don't have to uh, stand uh, 60 feet high and and, and pray there it, and i have known him run personally at one point he uh, wears his religion on his sleeve he makes a spectacle of his his uh, prayers uh, that that's how he has done it so uh, his people have used the religious card in in campaigns and most political parties have it's not just just them even people's party uh, which is the so called uh, left of center secular party nawaz sharif's party they have all used this card but uh, imran was uh, probably throwing it out there i'm not exactly sure uh, who uh, carried out the assassination attempt the man that they got uh, he kind of looked like a, a goofball not really a very hardened zealot even uh, he did invoke some islamic references and what not but uh, that that really just does not gel up uh, thankfully the injuries were not uh, uh, bad or even fatal even though one uh, innocent man lost his life uh imran should be on his feet he uh, he has some wound healing issues going on uh but it has just stoked his his narrative uh, against the army and uh, the three people that he named uh, one of them is the dgc the uh, internal affairs director so now now this takes me to like do you think imran khan has let's say okay just a hypothetical scenario it has imran khan polarized pakistani politics successfully do you think i i think uh, uh, imran khan um, and before him um, um, in 1970s we had zulfikar uh, ali bhutto they they are uh, the type of uh, populist leaders uh, in very different ways uh, there is obviously no comparison i don't want to be uh, <laughs> getting caught on the wrong foot here bhutto sahab was a was a uh, um, league apart but uh, a populist nonetheless uh, and he was uh, a politician where it was either anti bhutto or pro bhutto uh, he had a polarizing effect imran has done that too uh, a polarizing factor and and very uh, vile one uh, he and and i always uh, refer to sort of his sportsman uh, mentality which was buttressed by the military mentality where where both of them have zero sum games you know they Uh, it's a win or lose for them there is no middle ground which is uh, uh, the heart and meat of politics uh, part politics is the art of possible not of uh, uh, having it all by by yourself but this is how uh, imran has been as a person and this is how imran has been as a politician and uh, uh, his narcissistic tendencies have uh, evolved into uh, fascist uh, tendencies what he's trying to do is essentially uh, an evolution from a populist to a fascist or even a bassist style uh, move where you actually have the uh, armed forces and uh, armed groups at uh, at your back and call uh, mind you even bhutto sahab tried to do that he actually raised what was called a federal security force ffs a notorious outfit so these these are the tendencies 
uh, which which point towards uh, not a democratic type of uh, uh, movement, but a very uh, uh, fascistic uh, uh, authoritarian type of regime that he seeks. Uh, but yes, uh, he has a very devoted following, like most uh, fascist new fascists have had over the years. Uh, they keep the uh, narrative very nebulous, uh, like you said. Uh, who, who's they? Uh, what are we talking about? There was this American conspiracy that they just weaved out of thin air. Really, I mean, it was it was it was a hoax. Uh, I mean, uh, just functionary ka usne naam liya conspiracy usse to koi chahe bhi nahi mangwayega bechare se. So, I mean, really, if, if CIA had to do it, Imran is no Mossadegh. Uh, he keeps invoking Mossadegh, but he's no Mossadegh. He he was not democratically elected. He was he's not an anti-American uh, uh, in his heart or in his practice. He's he's just a, a, a um, you know a, a sort of a, a, a fake uh, for-profit. Uh, <clears throat> so that's uh, what his role has been in Pakistani politics. What, what, where we are going with uh, how he has tried to uh, drive this wedge. Uh, into and between the army brass, that's that's kind of fascinating. Army has uh, not experienced this kind of situation uh, ever. Uh, army launched coup d'etats against uh, Bhutto Saab and, and other uh, civilian governments uh, in the past, uh, where there was clearly the army narrative and there was the uh, civilian narrative. Uh, a couple of attempts where uh, uh, political parties tried to uh, uh, or or with the idea of uh, uh, triggering a coup within the army, they were met with swift uh, uh, resistance and they were just uh, quashed quickly. So this is uh, unusual stuff that is happening. So let us dwell a bit because again, in the interview, Imran Khan had also made this passing remark, oh, I wanted to send the representative of the American government, I think the council general back to America or something of that sort. Now, what's this? Like, is he tapping into a popular sentiment right now in Pakistan? Like, is there a popular anti-American sentiment in Pakistan right now that Mr. Khan is trying to tap into? The anti-American sentiment is always popular in Pakistan. Pakistan has been the biggest beneficiary of uh, American largesse in that region uh, throughout uh, the country's existence. Uh, the so-called decade of development under Field Marshal Ayub Khan uh, was uh, all uh, financed by the American money. Uh, uh, Ziaul Haq's uh, uh, era of uh, relative prosperity was, uh, was there are CIA documents <laughs> which actually show uh, how this windfall helped uh, Ziaul Haq uh, sustain his uh, dictatorship. Uh, uh, <clears throat> same thing uh, under Musharraf, uh, they got thirty billion dollars, thirty-three billion dollars in uh, CSF and whatnot. Uh, and and yet on the street itself, uh, I think I've said it on, on this podcast or elsewhere that there is actually a guy uh, uh, who who makes a living selling American flags. Uh, which the people buy and burn yeah. at the protests. Yes, you told me that last time. So uh, that, that is that. And uh, this is, um, um, I mean, the leftists have used it. The mullahs have used it. And now a, a right-wing uh, neo-fascist is using the anti-American. That is, America is the most convenient piñata that, that is there. Uh, and part of it is uh, America's own image problem and, and how they have gone about doing things. But in this instance, there really was no conspiracy. They picked up a conversation between uh, that undersecretary or assistant secretary, whatever that guy is, uh, between them and the Pakistani diplomat. They, they tried to make a diplomatic cable or cipher out of it. 
and then he he wanted his bhutto moment that's what he wanted to do zulfikarli bhutto after he was toppled he waved a paper says this is henry kissinger ka khat hai and he wanted uh, uh, to pin it on on america as uh, so the elephant is after me the uh, bhutto made a very famous speech in in national assembly at the time uh, blaming america for uh, uh, <clears throat> orchestrating his downfall and and he was uh, uh, obviously the zaulhaq Uh, the support that Zawla got from America, there was much more to it than uh, a small cable or diplomatic uh, uh, chatter. So, but it it suits Imran and it suits any other politician. So he's. At, uh, by the way, I I I'm uh, of late been uh, seeing Imran uh, and and acknowledging that he has become quite a shrewd politician. He was uh, he was called M the Dim for the longest time, uh, but but he. Uh, he has learned some tricks of the trade along the way and uh, um, the way he has handled uh, uh, and gone, gone after the army brass just isolating a few and targeting them uh, i think that this has been rather skillful but we we'll come on the army bit but um, like do you think not only just the army but he's drawing support uh, uh, from all major provinces to like Khyber Pakhtunwa or the Punjab Shri uh, Chief Minister what's his name Parvez Ilahi right like he yeah. also has been siding with Imran um and uh, isn't that like a remarkable achievement for a person who was not considered to be bright like he's pretty much uh, garnered support like uh, even i think uh, the judiciary uh, which is kind of uh, you know uh, sure. from my perspective subservient to the military is uh, kind of lenient to imran right now very i mean they they have always been uh, uh, pakistani superior judiciary has been the handmaiden of pakistan army uh, since the 1958 kudeta so no question about that i mean time and again they have uh, uh, served the army very well and uh, actually there's only few notable exceptions uh, including this uh, april's judgment where they actually uh, <clears throat> did something which was right um uh, so uh, the the thing is that this this project has uh, multiple uh, facets imran's presence in khyber pakhtunkhwa uh, province which is my home province uh, was uh, designed to neutralize the pashtun nationalist uh, political forces uh, even uh, uh, some of the traditional political parties uh, people's party and uh, uh, nawaz sharif's noon league um, so that 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 has been going on since 2013 and that was all with the establishment's help uh, however in punjab he was not able to uh, outmaneuver outclass uh, the traditional politicians uh, mian nawaz sharif who still if there were to be an election today uh, punjab result would be much different than what we have seen in khyber pakhtunkhwa or elsewhere similarly sindh uh, remains uh, a difficult territory for imran or establishment for that matter Balochistan has its own political dynamics uh, in which uh, the tribal political culture also plays a big part establishment has a huge role and then uh, there is an insurgency there so i don't think he's the leader of the uh, four provinces so to speak even though he holds governments in two provinces and in gilgit baltistan and, and and kashmir uh, but the situation uh, is is much more nuanced and complex parvez ilahi is actually a establishment ally uh and he has his own calculations uh, because of which he's siding with imran at the moment 
and uh, if push comes to shove he would still pervezel i would still do the army establishment building okay but but in uh, so so you mentioned punjab like obviously imran khan's major base is punjab and the pakistani army also has a major affiliation when it comes to yeah. things in punjab so this doesn't this bring a very interesting clash that you know the pakistani army when it comes to using force tends to use force most of the time but now like what do they do with the punjab conundrum because clearly imran khan has a huge support base over there so uh, absolutely yes and and before that when mian nawaz sharif was challenging uh, general bajwa not too far from his hometown uh, bajwa felt the heat uh, it's this is the same catchment area for uh, all all these uh, two political forces and the establishment on the other hand there are families which are divided uh, so army finds it difficult that's why i keep saying that they have a internal excuse me internal mess at their hands uh but the thing is that uh, imran has not been able to mobilize the punjab street uh, uh imran has his own star power curb appeal uh, i mean if he would just uh, walk onto the street on a good day anyways uh, he would gather as much crowd as he's gathering now this is not a long march protest crowd that he's gathering uh itna to pataha phat jaye tire phat jaye to log jama ho jate hain that that kind of thing so uh, army is is measuring its response uh there is also uh, other things at play because bajwa himself is so tainted at a lame duck chief that uh, the gloves have not really come off perhaps uh, and uh, may eventually happen when he steps down uh, so there are different things at play um, but i really don't think that uh, imran has the same electoral uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, prowess in, in punjab as he has displayed in in khyber pakhtunkhwa for multiple different reasons uh pakhtunkhwa politics are much divided much fractured uh he doesn't have a, a, a very coherent opponent there the pashtun nationalist politics have really gone down the drain over the years the leadership quality is not there multiple other issues so uh each area you know all politics is local uh we we have different dynamics at play i don't think that it would be a cake walk for him in punjab even today and if uh, the present government is to continue and, and uh, pull the economy up a little bit Uh, no way that imran uh, would be able to uh, have a comeback or 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 not a comeback he never actually won punjab even the last time he he was trailing nawashri but aapne uh, by elections ki baat ki like those specific constituencies weren't they like like pmnl uh, or pm pmln yes. uh, strongholds like uh, doesn't that matter then so pmln uh, had a interesting calculus in in terms of uh, these by elections they were focusing on certain things and they were ignoring certain things uh, imran's uh, uh, lieutenant uh, shame mutpreshi foreign foreign minister uh, uh, former foreign minister his his daughter was contesting their home seat and she lost to the son of former prime minister uh, yusuf raza gilani um, who was the uh, com- uh, joint candidate of the uh, uh, ruling coalition so it's not that he is winning uh, uh, punjab uh, right left and center he has one seats in punjab but most of those seats were either not contested properly by pmln or there were other local dynamics at play on top of that imran contested himself the, the seat that uh, he lost was in was in uh, sindh uh, and then shah mahmood's daughter uh i think his her name is meherbano she uh, uh, she she lost that seat 
so when Imran is not contesting himself, the dynamic is different. That is also another thing. He was contesting eight seats himself. Uh, then in, in provincial by-elections, uh, league had a poor showing. But again, local factors were at, were at play, uh, who got the ticket and so on. And then the, uh, the immediate aftermath of uh, taking, uh, taking over an economy, which was really in shambles, gas prices being jacked up, whatnot. And uh, they did uh, some some um, changes. They they benched the uh, previous finance minister, uh, brought in uh, Ishaq Dar, who's uh, more attuned to the uh, to the politics, and uh, you know improving the country's cash flow and so on. So I think uh, the the uh, electoral scenario uh, as it stands right now is not going to prevail six months down the road. Probably not even three months down the road. We we'll have to make another assessment at that time. Uh, but but I'm not willing to. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Punjab to uh, Imran in, in elections. So so you think Imran basically consistently to be relevant has to keep stirring up the pot and that's why he will have to come up with these uh, polarizing statements all the time for him to maintain such pressure on the crowds and on the psyche of the people in Pakistan? Yeah, Im- Imran senses that uh, these electoral victories, his uh, being the... Uh, um, martyr, political martyr that he's trying to portray himself as, that he was ousted, conspiracy and no confidence and so on and so forth. That has uh, 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 bolstered his his chances. And if he can induce an election now, he has better chances of success than six or 12 months down the road. So that's what Imran's game is. How does that election uh, uh, happen? The only way he knows that he can uh, do this is is push uh, or or lean on establishment to the extent that the establishment uh, forces some of its allies, which are keeping the uh, uh, political government afloat, such as the MQM from uh, the the Sindh urban areas, uh, Karachi, Hyderabad. They have a few votes uh, which, if removed, uh, could uh, uh, cause the government to fall. So this is what Imran's game plan is. Uh, he just doesn't doesn't want to miss this opportunity. Uh, but I think he's uh, he's overestimating uh, his his uh, electoral popularity. Uh, my own feeling is that if rubber meets the road, even even now, uh, we might end up having a hung parliament. But there is no way that he's going to uh, get what he thinks uh, would be a two-thirds majority. Not going to happen. So okay, so so let's talk about this hung parliament. So so what does what what happens to Pakistan again then in the case of a hung parliament then? So in the hung parliament, in, in all democracies, uh, when you have a hung parliament, you know, then the uh, uh, j- jockeying for coalition starts and uh, pork belly bills and, and ministries and all those come into play. That's, uh, that's the traditional politics. So this is how it will happen. Uh, it happened in 1988 when uh, Benazir uh, got a plurality, uh, but not a majority, and she formed a, a, a coalition government. It has happened uh, um, this time. So I, I don't think it would be any different than that. Uh, wh- what it does is it allows the establishment to continue to play an oversized role to control the parliament, to control these levers of power. So uh, it, it, in the long run, it is not conducive to uh, a healthy democracy. What it does is it, it creates that measly government, which is barely able to sustain itself and is not able to focus uh, uh, both on issues at hand, governance, and the bigger, larger issue that Pakistan has always faced, where where the military controls the army. I mean, military is, is a euphemism. There is no military. Navy, Air Force don't do this. This is uh, this is the army doing. Uh, so they continue to play that role, and and uh, that suits uh, uh, the brass, the junta. 
So now let's get into the army bit and let's spend some time with this. So, I mean, you had to hand it, as you say, to Imran Khan. He he's clearly created uh, a divide inside the army. I mean, for a man, uh, I mean, so, so why do you think this divide is there in the army? Like, is it his charisma or what reason is there? That are they just fans of Imran, the cricket player, and they can't get over the fandom and... They just think or they genuinely believe that he's good for Pakistan and he's got the right uh, policies or what, what exactly is like, uh, I mean, it, isn't it like rare for Pakistan for the army to be so divided amongst who should be the leader? I mean, honestly, I, sometimes I, I, I wonder and I don't want to uh, sound arrogant or uh, insulting, but they, they really are, are not the most intelligent people, the uh, army folks. Uh, you know, most of them uh, did not make it into a medical college or engineering college or a law school or a business school. Uh, they did whatever uh, uh, 10th, 12th grade of schooling and, and uh, after that, the drills and whatnot. Uh, their strength has come from an institution that was built by the British 120, 130 years ago and the institutional inertia and the uh, sheer uh, usurpation of, of resources and power. Uh, intelligence and, and nuanced understanding of the things has never been their forte. Uh, when, when you, uh, I, I don't get to talk to uh, too many in-serving uh, uh, generals, but the moment they retire and they open their mouths, they just are exposed instantly. Some of the people that you see, I mean, the, these are the people that, um, I mean, I would probably not give them a, a kanchi, let alone a gun uh, uh, to handle their So is that a surprise that they are actually buying the poisonous portion that they have been trying to sell to the uh, rest of the country for decades? There is no surprise. This is exactly the Pakistan studies uh, uh, curriculum that they have been teaching people. This is the exactly the political narrative since Zia depoliticization of the common Pakistani, smearing the traditional politics, calling them fussy, problematic, corrupt. Over the years, they have started believing their own lies. This, this is how it has been. And uh, Pakistani urban middle class, uh, a huge chunk is, is uh, current or former military families. And um, there is extended families. Obviously, South Asia is uh, uh, all related to each other <laughs> by a few uh, extra relations. So this, this is all in play. On top of that, uh, the project Imran Khan, when it was materializing, uh, apparently some promises were made, some understandings were made. The General Faz, uh, Hamid Chaudhry, the former DGISI, currently Corps Commander Bahawalpur, uh, he would uh, be the next in charge. Till all this, this uh, uh, it all just hit the fan right uh, in front of everybody where uh, um, Bajwa started the process and recalibration was necessary because it was such a mess. The, uh, the economy, the way Imran presided over and then on top of that COVID hit and whatnot. So uh, it was inevitable, but uh, they, they were trapped. They were trapped uh, in their own narrative. Bajwa was questioned by these officers. Imran has been saying that now that, well, uh, weren't you the one who asked me to uh, frame uh, politicians through National Accountability Bureau for corruption and whatnot. Did you not bring all these videos and files and so on and so forth? So 
you know, it's it's uh, uh, it's a very uh, entangling situation as खुद आप अपने दाम में तैयार आ गया. The army got tangled in its own uh, web of lies. Um, but yes, um, it's it's interesting how they would navigate this. I really do think that they will be able to uh, get out of this, but it will take some time to repair the the damage that has been done, both to their prestige, the the unity of command, the discipline, the way uh, Bajwa was was uh, smeared. Uh, I, I I cannot think of another army chief, a sitting army chief who was. not a declared martial law chief uh, getting cast out on the streets of punjab quite like general bajwa got this is a, a, a unique uh, a distinction that he has uh, even rahil sharif was not <laughs> was was not called out like that this is unusual even in his hometown gakhar mandi uh, where imran had recently had a small protest uh, going through this long march So that's very interesting. He's that unpopular, and and he obviously, as you mentioned, he goes on the twenty ninth of November, and uh, then what? Ha- like, what happens to the army then? Like, who is his successor, second, and if if the top brass is divided and one man does not have control, which usually is the is the is the essence of Pakistan, one man has control over things, and that leads to whatever uh, quote unquote stability sure. in Pakistan. And what do you do then? so let me first say this that uh, no army chief has ever been popular in pakistan whether a martial law chief or uh, the ones who have wielded power from behind the scenes ayub khan had to rig an election against uh, uh, qaidazam jinnah's sister fatima jinnah hugely rigged election in uniform to eke out a majority uh, uh, in the presidential election general ziaul haq had to rig a, referen- a referendum to become the president Uh, general musharraf had to rig a referendum to become uh, the moment they step out of the office there are really nobodies i mean they are somebodies in the term that they go serve saudis and uh, the gulf sheikhdoms as security advisors and make money but no army chief would ever be able to contest election from their home constituency none has uh, uh, without a uniform so that that is one thing so the bajwa is no exception he just is an exception in in that that usko jitni gali padi hai wo kisi ko nahi padi aaj tak that's that's unique what happens is that he he is leaving a mess behind uh, the way the army chief's appointment is being contested where imran does not want a guy uh, there are two others that probably nawaz sharif does not want and there is uh, all manner of schemes being uh, proposed that you appoint a vice chief you take this guy you appoint him today and he will get promoted tomorrow so that that just gives you an idea that this is this is not exactly how a professional army uh, sh- should be running you know there should be uh, a proper uh, um, manner of how things are done uh, in pakistan we the army has always refused to come under the civilian control uh, like in the us you would have senate and congress hearing and and, and vetting we don't have any process like that Uh, what is there is that uh, uh, the army through the defense ministry sends three or five or some odd number uh, names and then the uh, <clears throat> the uh, prime minister actually uh, uh, picks a name and this is how it has been done for for years uh, there have been few occasions during martial law regimes like i remember general general zia had a, a vice chief of uh, army staff general sawar khan i think musharraf might have had one too uh, um, so those those are the rare occasions where there is a vice chief but the protocol is that the uh, uh, one of the uh, lieutenant generals they are they are promoted 
sometimes out of turn. Ziaul Haq was promoted out of turn over the head of like four or five generals by Bhutto. Um, so this is how it usually is done. Right now, there, is, uh, there are several names in the play. Uh, from what I gather, I mean, it's, it's mainly chatter that uh, uh, Nawaz Sharif uh, has told his brother uh, Shahbaz Sharif to appoint General Asim, who's the senior most general, and also apparently uh, not liked by Imran. So probably Mia Saab wants to rub it in a bit. And uh, he's he's holding to his uh, uh, <clears throat> position. And uh, army, on the other hand, is trying to lean on uh, the Sharifs that uh, not, not uh, Asim, but somebody else, uh, so that uh, you know they they probably are trying to avoid a confrontation with Imran, uh, but just by letting uh, the man have a veto over the army chief, that's that's kind of funny. Uh, Parvez Musharraf once said, uh, "Who do you think I am? I'm not running a banana republic." I think he was talking to one of his uh, Afghan counterparts at that time. Uh, you know, it, uh, the Pakistani Defense Minister Khaja uh, Asif uh, the other day said on a TV show I was listening, and he says. Um, I have seen the ISPR press release and that indicates that the army chief will retire on time and the process will go through. Are bhai, you are the defense minister. Either you keep your mouth shut or you don't say something like this. Or banana republic kya hota hai jahan kisi ko ye pata nahi hai ke hafte ke baad army chief kaun lagega. So it's, 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 uh, I, I think it's very embarrassing. Uh, for, for a professional outfit. And I have always been the one who has said that Pakistan army is many things. They have hundreds of problems, but ill discipline is not one of them. But this is unusual. This is unusual. I, I, I have not seen anything quite like this before. So Imran Khan ko manna padega ki Imran Khan ne Pakistani yeah. army jo unka stabilizing force tha so called stabilizing force of Pakistan usko bhi hila diya magar fir kya iska eventual solution kya I mean is there going to be a coup now in Pakistan I don't think so I I don't think that there will be a uh, there will be a coup uh, I I think it just leaves a, a bad taste in everybody's mouth eventually there will be a chief uh, chief will be appointed and people will move on once uh, Bajwa is uh, trotted out uh, I have a feeling that army is probably going to react to Imran. Uh, they they have a very long institutional memory, and what he has done to uh, the army's name is 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 unusual. I don't think that they can uh, they can forget what what has been done. Uh, they are mollycoddling him for now, uh, and I'm sure he has his fan club and everything. Uh, but there are others who who probably would would like to get back at him at some point. Uh, I. I, I cannot see this going down a, a, a coup d'etat route. I, I seriously doubt anything of that sort could happen. Um, there, there will be a chief, um, whether it is to Imran's liking or Sharif's, I don't know. Uh, but probably uh, someone from among the, the, the senior most tier. Uh, there is another proposal that, you know, retire the whole, whole batch and uh, get from the next tier. Um, but army will have to get its act together if it wants to be. Uh, taken seriously, uh, not as a fighting force, but as a political force. Uh, I think it has it has really uh, uh, taken a good hit. The irony of Pakistan is that you had to mention this, that it is a fighting, not a fighting force, but it is a political force. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to say this. Can, I mean, as, a, can, it, as an Indian, run. I find it so weird to hear. Well, it is. It it it, it can run great uh, uh, proxy war, wars. It it is it is really uh, fantastic at that. But uh, 
so far we we have not tested the army itself in the battle for a very long time so. yeah it's 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 fascinating like i have like i mean the kind of turbulence that is going on in pakistan right now i mean the statements that come out the things that we like we only see a trickle down filtered version right i mean follow a bit of news read a few articles written by india analysts and pakistani analysts few things here and there right like i don't know sir but main aapko ek cheez puchna chahta hu taki sahab main 4.5 mahine america aur canada reh ke aaya main kuch pakistaniyon ko mila magar mujhe ek sense mili ye imran khan why is he so famous in the pakistani diaspora why do they love him so much main yeah. middle class ji middle class all, all of us i mean you know uh when i was growing up imran was the icon i i for one never really cared for him uh, as as a personality to look up to my favorite was javed miadad uh, in cricket but imran was a, a towering presence uh, he had the curb appeal then he has his uh, a female fan club um, so that 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 all of that and uh during you know imran's uh, peak in cricket overlaps with zia's era uh frustrations in the society uh you have all the islamization going on very few entertainment outlet five day cricket test matches in which imran with his 22 step uh, run up and a side on delivery is coming on that he he was the star so uh, wonderful cricketer i i remember the 1982 series when gavaskar uh, said that uh, the difference between uh, uh, India and Pakistan is Imran he went through us like warm white uh, warm knife through uh, butter so uh, there is definitely that and then he has built on that imran has used the uh, social media telemedia to his advantage i mean uh, he's not the goofball that he uh, once was uh, he has uh, a, a team of slick uh, operatives at his disposal and also uh, all these troll farms and social media armies Uh, uh curiously interestingly were uh, built uh, by the army and handed over to him uh two dgisprs uh, essentially they their interests overlapped and they uh, they were on the same page many of uh, their operatives were the same so it has taken a long while to develop that kind of uh, uh, influence and uh, the pakistani diaspora that you probably uh, uh, hung out with they're also the uh, pakistani middle class extension it's a microcosm of the pakistani urban middle classes and then on top of that uh, since i'm diaspora i i, I see it uh, up close and personally uh, with a little bit of uh, affluence uh, in the diaspora comes this arrogance ke humko sab pata hai hum batayenge aapko jo voter vote dalne ja raha hai usko kuch nahi pata wo wo nawaz sharif ko shahbaz sharif ko vote dalta hai usko malum nahi hai shahbaz sharif to padha likha nahi hai halanki wo 6 zubane bolta hai लेकिन इमरान जिसको एक भी ढंग से बोलनी नहीं आती वो पढ़ा लिखा है बिकॉज ही इज अ थर्ड ग्रेड फ्रॉम थर्ड क्लास ग्रेजुएट फ्रॉम ऑक्सफोर्ड सो यू नो दिस बट बट दैट्स द नेचर ऑफ पॉपुलरिज्म दैट्स द नेचर ऑफ फाशिज्म इट्स इट्स अ रिडक्शनिस्ट नैरेटिव दैट सेल्स वेरी इजीली व्हिच इज एब्जॉर्ब वेरी इजीली यू नो स्विंगिंग एट विंडमिल्स वाइमर रिपब्लिक Uh, is is the prime example uh, were the gypsies the jews were they the, the real enemies they, they were not they were not uh, but they were uh, easy convenient targets so uh, all populists uh, and fascists find that and imran has his his 
targets and then he has his devotees. So one last question before I wrap up today's discussion. What happens to the Pakistani economy in this entire shit show? Well, that's the that's the million dollar question. Uh, <laughs> Pakistani economy. Uh, look, I don't think that there is any way around uh, liberalizing trade and expanding the uh, economic pie. And unless the army understands that part, that if the pie gets bigger, their chunk, their share will get bigger. Uh, and I think that is probably what Nawaz Sharif's team uh, wants them to understand. Looking for these shortcuts and windfalls, Chin se ajay, uh, Saudi Arab se ajay, hot money injection, all this, it works for a little bit, but it cannot sustain the economy. When, you, when your uh, uh, <clears throat> trade to GDP ratio is horrible, when your uh, uh, trades with the neighbor, uh, we are at what, 170th somewhere thereabouts, uh, you, you cannot pull that economy up. Uh, it will ha- there will have to be a rethink about how they go about doing things. Fortunately, in, in the uh, Nawaz Sharif's uh, economic team, there are, there are people who are very smart. There are people who actually understand this, how they sell it to the army and put it into practice. I think that is uh, what will determine the future course of Pakistani army. And obviously, the political chaos has never suited any economy anywhere. Uh, so this has to settle down before the economy will take off. But wouldn't that enough be reason enough for all the sides to sit down on the table and settle this mess off? But I mean, if nobody's going to give an inch, like the army is not going to cede an inch, Shabazz Sharif is not going to cede an inch, Imran Khan is not going to cede an inch. And then you have a devastating flood in Pakistan, which is truly devastating. And then the economy was already a shit show. And then you have this flood and still they don't do it. Then how are the people going to react then? Well, people are, are, are suffering, but uh, some reprieve has come their way. Uh, I think that the current uh, uh, finance minister, he has his uh, priorities. I'm, I'm not an economy guy, so I won't venture into an area that, that is not my expertise. But uh, the, the macroeconomic indicators uh, and, the, and the political aspect of the economy, if it is handled right at the moment, I think they will be able to pull it through. Uh, army probably is is willing to give space to uh, the government once this whole situation settles down uh, to bring all this about. You know they have uh, made their own overtures and 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 gotten these uh, oil facilities and so on. You know they have their own uh, channels with uh, direct channels with the Gulf states and so on. Uh, Im- Imran is not going to give an inch. Like I said, you know for him it's it's a zero sum game. He he doesn't uh, see things uh, in a, in a nuanced manner. It's either him. Uh, and his way or the highway. So I don't think that that's going to change. But the other players do understand that. Uh, it would have been very unusual for the uh, coalition to come together the way it did come together. Uh, because not only they saw their own political uh, future at stake, but also, the, I mean, uh, realistically, the, uh, the Pakistani uh, economy would not have been able to sustain what Imran was doing. Uh, he, was, he was quite literally driving it to the ground. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, well, I can say one thing as an Indian, there's no shortage of entertainment when it comes to Pakistani politics. I mean, it's, it's always uh, quite an interesting place and the speeches, I mean, Shabazz Sharif and his mic dropping moments, literally, you know, people have mic drop moments, Shabazz Sharif does it literally. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's quite animated. Again, you know, that's, that's a Zulfikar Ali Bhutto influence. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. So every everybody in their own way tries to emulate Zulfikar Ali Bhutto. 
Yeah, so so Dr. Taki, we, we, we'll wrap thing up. They'll wrap things up now. But I don't know what happens when Imran Khan wins the World Cup in 92. I doubt it, but let's see. He, he's putting up a, a very good fight in his own way. I mean, I don't like him. I don't like his methods, but uh, so far he has been tenacious. Well, well, we'll see what happens, Dr. Taki. Thank you very much for coming. It's always a pleasure you, to talk sir. to you. And uh, I look forward to many more discussions in the future. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys, we'll wrap today's discussion up. Once again, in the description of the podcast, you will see the links. You can go and read Dr. Taki's work and follow him on social media too. As far as I'm concerned, you know the drill. Please subscribe to the Charvok Podcast YouTube channel, like this video, and please become a member on YouTube or Patreon, or you can buy the merchandise. You know the drill. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, namaste, take care. Bye-bye.